in a world driven by selfies and social media, where empathy and entrepreneurs are considered contradictory. One podcast has set out to put empathy back in the boardroom by hearing from the best entrepreneurs around the world. Empathize It will hear from the leaders of the digital economy and learn how the soft skills drive their business. This is the Empathize It podcast. Good morning, Lucy. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm on my final day of the Web Summit here in London, and I found a, a sunny spot in the park to sit down and have a little chat. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. I've seen so much going on in the Web, Web Summit, so many great speakers, some of the people I know personally, people both from Israel and people from Prague that I, spoke, I heard about. And, I, and when I saw your LinkedIn post recently, uh, yesterday actually, I saw an amazing uh, inspirational, in, in, inspiring post that you mentioned. And I think that was the kind of spawned the conversation about what's going to, what we're going to talk about. So, and I'm really excited to uh, see about where, where website summit is and what the, what that, what that, the tech world is on that direction. So let's take yeah. it from the, I'm going to start from the LinkedIn post that really inspired everything. And then we'll, we'll take it from there. So you know, you for it on your, um, Person on the LinkedIn page, your personal LinkedIn page, uh, as the PR uh, founder and the PR strategist of the Humble Brag, which I think is like the best name for a company ever, you wrote. <laughs> uh, you wrote the following. You wrote uh, ba- basically based on what you heard at Web Summit. You said you said there's not a single conversation we have with a company today that isn't about purpose. Brands are being take being asked to define and define their values like never before. That was from. Gail Hyman, uh, the president of Weber Shandwick. Uh, and, yeah. you, and then you wrote the following. You wrote that we believe that this climate is a big opportunity for some and a threat to others. Uh, our, proposition, yeah. our proposition is fresh. We don't want green, greenwash. <laughs> we don't pinkwash. But we still help you to find your why. So the, topic, <laughs> I, I'm, the reason why I'm reading it out like that and it's so important that I'm reading it like that is because yeah. the topic that you and I discussed over the last, let's say, 12 hours since we kind of forged a relationship you decide, I, the topic is the, the why and how do we develop that why into better, more concrete terms for brands, for companies, especially in light of what you heard of at Web Summit. So first, give us a vibe of what Web Summit's like today, what's going on there, yeah, conversations, sure. and take it from there. To be honest, I'm having the most incredible time. I mean, a few years ago at Web Summit, they were really suffering from uh, a lack of women and they, they created all these schemes, these two-for-one schemes, um, and the result is uh, a few years on that just so many uh, women here from graphic design, from strategy, from branding, from tech. And so, like, personally, I've just been uh, with eight, eight women. And uh, it's, it's really kind of encouraging to see uh, so many people here from so many different um, backgrounds to see Web Summit really championing that. So I just wanted to give credit for, for doing some tangible action around that. Um, there's 70,000 people here, so it's enormous. It's really enormous. It's, it's overwhelming, for sure. Um, and I think it's the kind of event that um, you need to be really clear about why you're here. So, you know, maybe you make maybe you're a startup and you want to make that, like, one contact with an investor, you go after that. Um, for me, it's, you know, these events are, are very much a process of just learning and keeping up with trends, as, as I'll explain a bit further on. I have a thought leadership consultancy, so you know uh, our job is really to be to be listening about you know what are people saying about AR, 
what are people saying about uh, specific industries, just so that we can kind of be, be on, on top of that. But, you know, the plus side is just all the you know, really amazing people you meet. Um, I'd love it if there were a few more bathrooms. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> being at a conference and waiting in line to pee is just a, a total pain. <laughs> so, yeah. that, so back to that post, I mean, look, I, um, it's very much a millennial proposition. I'm very fortunate to have worked for many years in NGOs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, actually, I'm a, I'm a Kiwi. So I'm originally from New Zealand. Which part? And like many Kiwis, I left my country. Uh-huh. <laughs> Terrible. Which, part, which part of New Zealand? Um, the North Island. Okay. I was there. I was in both, both the North and the South Island. Way back well then. Well done. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an Aucklander, and any Kiwis that possibly listen to your show uh, uh-huh. will laugh if I refer to myself as a Jaffa, but I'm, I'm very much a Jaffa, but that's a whole other. It okay. stands for uh, an expletive term around Aucklanders are very, uh, very centric. But um. Okay. But basically, I moved to the Netherlands, uh, yeah, seven years ago, and I was very fortunate to work for NGOs. So I, um, I worked on a global initiative focused on innovation and tech, and I was going to a lot of conversations around democracy and governance. And later on, I moved to the sustainable fashion world, again, from a kind of, um, yeah, a slightly technical perspective, working on green chemistry. And I was in a lot of, like, CSR spaces talking about brands cleaning up their acts. Later on, I switched to the world of advertising, and my most recent position was global PR manager at Media Monks, um, who were recently actually bought by Sorrel. And I saw the whole kind of advertising industry moving towards this place of purpose. And it seemed kind of, you know, I saw conversations happening around inclusion and diversity, um, and I felt like, you know, this burden of responsibility almost for having been uh, working in NGOs where, you know, people on the ground are so careful around the language that they use and to really make sure that, you know, like these conversations are bottom up and have integrity. And I thought like, hmm, what's the trend that's going on? Um, first of all, I really do think that, you know, that background could be an asset to um, corporate companies trying to move in that space. But, you know, very quickly, I also realized, hey, um, you know, there is greenwashing going on. There is pinkwashing or purposewashing going on. Um, and I actually want to work with brands to figure out what their authentic purpose is because, you know, it's no good having a, a mission statement that is really inspiring that doesn't relate to what you do, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's actually like a PR person's worst nightmare if you don't back it up in your, you know, your, your, your boardroom um, with your HR policies and, and what you live and breathe every day. I mean, we saw that with Uber, right? Yeah. Um, Today, with the you know, with so, social media, with digital transparency, you really need to, uh, as a CEO, be living and breathing those values. So, I truly believe that. And uh, the the beauty of being a small consultancy is that you don't have to work with everybody. <laughs> so, yes. no, you um, my clients, yeah, they really do uh, live 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 that their purpose. And uh, it's a very small uh, niche, let's say, that we're uh, we're claiming. But I, I see the entire. Um, yeah, conversation moving in that space. That's such an interesting approach. I mean, I also come from the NGO background. I worked there for about eight years, more on the PR side and the marketing side. But you're right. I think I happen to believe the same thing. I believe that the, the trend is that companies and brands are becoming much more aware of their employees and their sensitivities around topics and, and the brand messaging that they're delivering has to be much more on point and much more deliberate in terms of what their statements are because they're of the potential impact that they could have if they don't, if they're not focused and not transparent and they're not 
clear with what they're saying and that the, the staff behind it are not are, are resonating with that statement. Otherwise, you can get in trouble. You mentioned Uber. One of the most, yeah. When I was in um, uh, New York at Advertising Week a few weeks ago, and one of the most uh, interesting things that I heard was Ariana Hutchinson, who definitely is a heroine of mine, um, mm -hmm. said that uh, HR and marketing is actually the most interesting synergy in companies. Um, and she is on the board of directors of Uber and actually spoke directly about, you know, how, how living those uh, values internally is so important. So for me, that was really interesting because we've heard a lot, you know, IT and marketing need to come together, but HR right. and marketing, like, wow, that's a new thing. Yeah, that's, an, that's interesting. You said that, Ariana Huffington said that HR and marketing are the most important, I guess. New synergy within companies. Really, new, the most important, the newest synergy in companies. Wow, all right. That is going to be a, uh, that's a very, I mean, that's a bold statement by her, but also it's a creative statement because the marketing reflects on HR, HR reflects on marketing and marketing reflects on HR, you know, interchangeably. Yeah, I mean, we're also seeing it here at the Web Summit, Booking.com has made diversity and inclusion a huge part of uh, their uh, agenda. And so, um, you know, publicly they're uh, out there talking about it, you know, they have a uh, um, a female CEO, but they also um, are doing mentoring sessions here. Um, and so, you know, I think it's really interesting, and I think we do need to look to these bigger um, companies to see, like, well, how are they, what conversations are they having internally about um, having integrity behind these statements? Right. Um, so I think, I think it's exciting. I also think that we should all remain very skeptical and be yep. asking ourselves questions. And I think for somebody working in the media landscape, I mean, one of the other things that came up here is, um, you know, obviously, like, you know, the integrity of journalism and fake news. And um, here you are, I mean, with a podcast and a channel. I mean, it's just, it's just changing so quickly in terms of, like, who we're pitching stories to and who has a voice. Right. Um, so one of the most interesting things for me was actually um, a, a panel yesterday on investigative journalism. And... Um, Kim uh, Masters, who's a journalist at The Hollywood Reporter, was speaking about um, when they were actually about to break the Harvey Weinstein uh, case. Yes. And she said that um, conveniently uh, she received a call for uh, an opportunity to publish a book by Harvey. Right. And she just said, hey, we're not having this conversation. And she said, post me too. You know, she was really upset that a lot of people were saying that, uh, you know, that they were worried that their name might be smeared because of journalists just jumping on any story. And she said, you know, if people actually knew what it took for us to break a story and how much research we do and, right. and how careful we are about what we say. And I, you know, it was nice to hear that. It was nice to hear that um, and to remember how important quality journalism is for, for a democracy and how, you know, it can be very damaging um, when people do start to dismiss uh, all, all media outlets. Um, and so for me personally, that was really happening. I think so. I agree. I think there's people today really have this sense that, you know, journalism today has changed in a way that it's, it, it, everyone is a journalist in some way. And then the quality journalism doesn't necessarily, it doesn't always rise to the top. In fact, I would say that maybe the, the less than quality journalism rises to the top. And then the, the ones that are real detailed reports and real quality analysis of what's going on in the situation is being kind of pushed down. And I, and like you said at the panel, I, w I wasn't there, but I would imagine that the panel was saying is we need to take a step back and 
bring that quality journalism back up again, because that's really the, the content that the people really need to hear more to really appreciate the news and, the, and, and what's going on. Yeah, and just to build trust, you know, like it's, you know, that people can actually go to certain outlets um, and believe that, well, okay, this is published by The Guardian, for example, so I actually need to recognize that that's a, a quality uh, yeah, outlet versus what may be fake news but may not be actually be coming from a credible source. So. Right. So, so, you've gotten, so you've been there for two or three days already. You've, you're, you're, yeah. you're on a high from the great event. You're on the high of this amazing conference <laughs> talking with the, the top tech people of, uh, literally in the entire entire world about all these different topics from the various components of purpose, intention, del being deliberate about what they're doing, and the shift in what's going on. So as a, as a thought leadership uh, agency, as a thought, leader, thought leadership company, what are, you, what are you taking out of that? What am I taking out of the event? Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in a nutshell. Um, in terms of thought leadership, I mean, well, that the appetite is, uh, is there for companies to, um, to have a stronger point of view on things. And I think that consumers, people, however we want to categorize human beings, right. are, uh, are really uh, calling for that. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, you know, like, Everybody's heard of thought leadership, whether they think it's something that is a fad or they roll their eyes or they think, you know what, yes, I want to be a thought leader. I have all kinds of responses. Um, I think that, you know, what, what we have done is just put, a, you know, a real focus on that, that value just because, you know, a recent Weber Shanwick uh, report said that 50% of a company's reputation is attributed to its CEO. Wow. So, you know, our philosophy is that you know, the brand is really important, but also, you know, you are the brand. So whether you are an employee or whether you are the CEO, you know, you have a social media presence, you have a voice, people want to, you know, engage with human beings now more and more. And so, you know, that's a huge opportunity. That's why, you know, that's why I said in that LinkedIn post, it's an opportunity for some and it's a threat to others. Yes. Um, and I guess for me, you know, I'm a, I'm a little ADHD. No, I'm joking. But, you know, I'm quick. And, uh, we, all, I'm a, we all are. We all are. It's okay. <laughs> I'm a millennial. So, you know, I see these opportunities and I want to jump on them. And, you know, uh, many years ago in companies where, you know, the, the director just wanted to think about it a bit longer, you know, maybe right. really like engage 25 people to figure out what our point of view on this issue was. I was like, no, you know, we can get that out there in a tweet. Or, right. you know, this is an example of that. I just... I just used my platform and here we are having this conversation. So I think that, um, again, huge opportunity for some, huge threat for others. And I just hope that, that the companies that are, that are using this uh, appetite for change don't use it to make more money, but actually do it to, to change things, you know? Absolutely. And what would you, if you would be able to task them with a change, any companies you think of, what would the change you would want them to be besides saying, you know, I forget, I'm not even going to say sure. What kind of what kind of change would you want them to? to Sustainability, uh, I think, is just like a huge, <laughs> a huge agenda. So I'm very lucky. One of my clients, uh, the VDHC Foundation, um, you know, focus on uh, promoting green chemistry within the fast fashion supply chain. So yeah. the brands involved with that, and Nike, Adidas, Greenpeace. But you know, they they need more uh, companies to sign up. So for me, that's a very clear purpose-driven message, right? Yeah. Um, we need more companies in the supply chain uh, using more sustainable chemistry. 
Um, but I also have other clients, you know, really looking at, uh, you know, the changing media landscape and, you know, what, what is a glossy influencer marketing doing to, um, you know, the sanity of young people. Right. Um, so for me, you know, I, I, I get it, right? What is purpose? Is it sustainability? Is it gender inclusion? Is it um, well-being? I think that for any company, it's just important to figure out, like, what is your potential contribution to this very broad term, which is doing good? Right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, to step behind it, because I just wouldn't expect a company that uh, has, you know, to go way outside of its remit and try and tackle an issue in which it potentially doesn't have a huge impact. Um, that, would, that would maybe be a bit inconsistent for me. Right, absolutely. I, I, mean, I mean, I have to say, like, I feel very lucky in the sense that we have a very strong mission and, you know, the people coming to, to the Humble Rag um, are kind of inspired by that and they're already on that journey. Right. Um, so another one of my clients, um, you know, they offer... Uh, lab rooms, basically, and they, uh, you know, are really just about bringing in more innovative ways of thinking and acting. And for me, that's also very exciting because it's questioning the way that business is done and it's questioning traditional models of hierarchy. And um, yeah, I think that the purpose can be, you know, there's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, of course it does. Of course it does. I mean, every brand is going to take this role and this responsibility differently, and they're going to respond to the challenge in a different way in terms of taking more of a understanding their why and what their contribution is in a more purposeful and more purposeful way. Obviously, there's going to be a spectrum of how much they can do, and every how much every brand can do is going to be different. No, no questions asked. My my question to you is: What would you like to see besides sustainability? What would you like to see? Uh, some of the bigger companies and the bigger brands doing in terms sure. of in, in terms of their uh, their responsibility and their uh, their want. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, looking at your environmental footprint is incredibly important. I mean, this year, if everybody's experienced incredibly bizarre weather patterns, and so for me, that feels incredibly urgent. Um, you know, maybe I'd love to see booking, uh, looking beyond inclusion and diversity and start to look to more, you know, what is the, the impact of um, mass global tourism? Um, right. But I think that it's, it's always a case of starting somewhere. And I think that having been in the CSR space, uh -huh. um, I know that brands are also, it's, it can be very scary to say, hey, our mission is to, um, you know, reduce our carbon footprint. Because right. as soon as you put that into the world, everybody goes, really? Um, right. And that's good. I mean, skepticism is good, but it shouldn't be paralyzing. Right. Um, you know, and we see H&M, for example, with, you know, conscious collections. And, I mean, what, you know, is that, is that driving for the change uh, that we want on a longer-term basis? Or is that potentially, um, you know, tapping into consumers' desires to purchase better? I don't know. Um, that, hold on but I think that, one Yeah, here. go for it. Sorry, my phone was, my Facebook was uh, actually making a call, taking a call at the same time as we were recording. No worries, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so that's, speaking of ADD, go ahead, I, I ignored the call. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, I just think, you know, actually, um, you know, your, your blog is all around empathy. And for me, that's very interesting because I see a lot of people around me burning out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wonder if that's because they're not working 
towards a mission within their company that resonates with them. Um, there's probably a whole lot of reasons why people burn out. But for me, at least, you know, doing what I'm doing now, I, I feel so much energy and I feel very optimistic. And um, that was very important for me to find that. Um, so even if, you know, that's the contribution that people are making, that they're, that they're creating, you know, an inspiring message for their employees to take home and, and, a, and a happier place to work, you know, that's a great starting point. Mental, you know, mental wellness and mental health is another huge topic. Yeah. Um, and here at the Web Summit, you know, there are a lot of uh, technologists uh, uh-huh. creating apps. I, I heard, heard the speakers of Calm who have kind of taken the, the meditation craze one step further and they actually um, provide bedtime stories for adults. To go <laughs> okay. You know, and, and, and they were kind of sitting there going, oh my God, this wellness industry is booming. It's so exciting. And I was thinking, ooh, like, is that a good thing that so many people are looking to their smartphones for, for help, essentially? Yeah. That, it's so a- yeah, we're living in strange times, I guess. And, you know, the reality is, is that people have lost faith in governments and media and academic institutions to be able to respond to these issues. And so they're looking to brands to have a point of view. And this has really never happened before. So, for example, we saw Nike, you know, right. stand for something. Um, suddenly, brands are kind of being pushed to have a point of view and to really be a person. Um, and so, again, huge opportunity for some and a threat to others. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's exactly that. I'm very impressed with the the clarity of what you're saying. That statement of the you know threat to others, opportunity opportunity to some, threat to others. I think that's exactly the you know these these larger issues, which are beyond just selling another product or disrupting an industry or whatever it is. These larger issues of and sensitive issues of being deliberate, being focused, being aware of what your state, what your, your what your company represents beyond just we're looking to be the best at this market or looking to sell more or whatever it is, but define yourself in something beyond that is such an important topic today. And I think it means that the, the, as, a, as a whole, as a people as a whole, we're all being much more aware of who we're buying from and what we're buying from as opposed to just, just buying something. Absolutely. I think, that's where, I think that's where it's coming from. I mean, I hope it's coming from there. Yeah. And I, but I think it's very interesting a little bit more in the tech world, which is obviously, you know, the Web Summit here suddenly yeah. has a whole lot of people from the creative agency advertising world and a whole lot of people from the tech world are now coming to Cannes, which is typically, you know, only for advertising. And so you've right. got all these kind of sectors uh, intermingling. But, you know, tech, a lot of people have typically thought it was a kind of neutral space. Well, like we just have a tool and it solves the problem. And so for me, it's really interesting because... Obviously, that's not the case. I mean, we saw with Facebook, right? Mark Zuckerberg right. had to go in the, you know, really have a point of view and really defend their constitutional values. And so it's kind of like, that's going to be really interesting. And saying that, um, personally, I find that a lot of technology companies, you know, the, the nature of startups is that there's never a budget. And so right. they often think about things, things kind of much further down the track. And I heard someone say something really interesting recently, and I have to say it was actually Boris, who is, who is the co-founder of the Next Web, and he said, you know, we, we have had a lot of conversations around diversity um, because the Next Web has also come under some criticism, you know, any tech conference does for not having enough women. And he said, you know, what he, his contribution to the startup scene or the message that he wanted to share was like, hey, guys, I know you think you don't have to think about it yet, but, you know... 
in five years' time or in just a few years' time, someone, someone will be looking at your team or right. looking at your, your conference and suddenly you're accountable. Right. So why not, why not just have that conversation early? Um, and, and yeah, I mean, look, I, I also want to, it's really important to find a middle ground and to be able to have a seat at the table, right? Very yep. easy to say, like, these are my values. I'm not going to partner with these companies. Or um, So, yeah, eyes wide open. Do what you can. Um, and, you know, human beings are human beings. They have their background. They have their worldview. We all have our own motivations, right? So just being really honest about what a company can do and what it's prepared to do and potentially having hard conversations, I think, is a really, really great place to start. Absolutely. And I think that's, the, I think that's a great message. And I would imagine that from what I... From your LinkedIn post and the other content that I've seen you uh, produce, that's exactly what you're trying to, the message that's coming out of Web Summit, which you're there, uh, is that really people are starting to challenge themselves and really start questioning those realities about being honest, being transparent, being deliberate, being focused, being, and understand with both externally meaning to the world and internally within their own team, that companies are now really taking that responsibility seriously, which up until now would, was not necessarily the case. Is that right? Yeah, and I, I think there's a, you know, there, there are lots of businesses kind of popping up to support people on that journey. Um, and I think that, that there's validity of that in the sense that, you know, sometimes uh, you need some external support. But um, I was actually lucky enough to sit with uh, Chuck, who's the new uh, head of uh, inclusion, diversity, and belonging. I mean, what a title yeah. <laughs> at booking.com. Okay. Um, he has a full time job, basically. Um, and I asked, look, what, what do you do? <laughs> right. And he said that he basically just connects people and, and, and presses and, and, and has hard conversations. And, you know, he is a white male. And I said, right. just, it, uh, how is it for you, you know, really championing these issues? And he said, the reality is, is that, you know, sometimes, you know, people find it easier to talk to him or to have the hard conversations. Or, you know, he can have a bit more power being that messenger. Right. And I said exactly the same thing to him. I said, you know, Wow, that's so great because I understand, I know how hard it can be to have a, a seat at the table sometimes, but also for people to potentially, you know, that's not your place to be having that conversation. And these are all really unconstructive um, criticisms because it means that we never move forward and people are kind of paralyzed by like, can I have a point of view on this? Am right. I the one to be diving into it? And so I guess like I just want to create a really positive, empowering, safe space where people can ask those questions. I think that's, I think it's a great mission, and I, I love the mission. I think it's a, such a powerful and an important mission. It's that mission, and it's Thank an you. I think it's, it's really in line with the, both with the message of what you're getting or what you're taking out of from Web Summit, it's also as your, as your own company, running the own company, which, you know, the humble brag can, can in some ways is like the, that oxymoron that really is like, you know, we, we want to be proud of what we do, but at the same time, we have to be <laughs> humble, you know, humble, you, you have to have some humility and be a little bit more self-critical with our, with our own work and with internally and how we present. So yes, we want to show off, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we're not showing off in a way that's not honest, transparent, uh, and, and, and purposeful. Yeah, totally. But, you know, more than that, it's just a playful name. It says, like, no, outright, look, this is a millennial proposition. So right. if you're going to criticize us for not being old and boring and stuffy, fantastic. Like, right. we're a new generation. We're empowered young women. We're silly. We're playful. We're the humble brag. I just, I, people laugh when I say I'm the consultancy called the humble brag. And that's perfect because, you know, I've worked in very tense, political, like, highly, you know, 
political uh, situations within NGOs with lots of different donors, for example. And right. personally, I had an amazing mentor, an older Scottish woman. Right. And I just, I really witnessed the power of humor. She got on these kind of stuffy calls and she would make a joke. And it kind of unnerved everybody because these were very formal conversations with very like important people. But, you know, we are human beings. And so she really just brought herself to that conversation and whether people laughed at her jokes or not wasn't important. But it, it, was, the, it was the quick way to create a human connection that was so powerful and so undervalued. Um, and actually, I'm working with some amazing uh, women that have a facilitation course um, that have, have been highly inspired by Hyper Island. It's called, they're called Mischief Makers. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we offer workshops at the Humble Brag, but I go to Mischief Makers to refine those. And so one of their philosophies is um, it's, it's called fast silly patience, or the power of being silly. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's it's great. really cool, you know, going around in a circle and asking people, you know, if you know each other really well and just saying, tell us something silly about you. Right. It's great. It's a really quick way to dive deeper. So, yeah, that's something I really value. I think it's great. I once attended a, a humor uh, workshop, like a it was like a humor workshop just for men. And the idea was first to learn how to laugh in general, like how to take it, but also the power of laughter and the power of humor to really you know, de-stress and decompress a little bit, and to allow laughter as the guiding and kind of start the conversation with a little bit, like you said, with humor and something light to make yeah. it more human and more and more personable, as opposed to just a stiff meeting or a stiff. A conversation, but rather have something a little bit lighthearted, so it's it's easier to totally. But also creating space for people to say, "Hey, I don't understand that. Like, yeah. what is that? You know?" Because if if you have if you have people kind of nodding their heads, <laughs> yeah, um, it's just really unvaluable, you know. So I think it's incredibly empowering when somebody says, "Hey, what is that term?" And chances are jargon from another sector and it's perfectly right. fine to ask that but you know you actually show resilience and emotional intelligence when you're able to say look I don't can you clarify that I think it's yeah, cool <laughs> I think it's great so what else would you a last question before I let you go because I know your time schedule is very busy and you're, you want to enjoy the whole web summit but <laughs> I'm standing in the rain here now <laughs> oh no it's raining it's from sunny to rainy okay good. So, okay so before I, before I get you wet or your phone wet and we lose the connection anyway um, what was the last thing like if you had to say one last statement to the audience, what would you say about your experience there and or a message to the world about, uh, about your, what you've taken and what you would like them to do? What was that first thought? He had me asking a question, sorry. What I they- said, well, I was if you, if, well, One last statement before you go. So like say, what's the message you want sure. people to leave them with this message? Just to be honest with themselves and their companies. So whether that, um, you know, taking from this the power of authenticity and personality and, and especially for young women, you know, just saying um, it's okay to insert yourself into a conversation and say, hey, I actually don't understand that and to take, and it doesn't mean that you um, aren't professional or intelligent and for a company to, um, yeah, to potentially really examine um, what it is that it stands for. Um, I, I heard a really interesting woman speak at the Web Summit saying that, you know, if a lot of brands were, were people, they'd be diagnosed as schizophrenic. So <laughs> there's really something here around consistency. So, I mean, I have to really admire looking for saying, you know, diversity and inclusion, we're going to focus on this, we're going to make right. an impact, and I'm sure that they're going to move into environmental sustainability next. Um, 
but you know, don't be schizophrenic. Don't just have a point of view on everything. Really start with your own company and, and figure out like what is the contribution that we make. And it doesn't have to be that you know you suddenly have a whole CSR team. In fact, that would be uh, not not the ideal solution. It would actually be great if your your business or your HR or your CEO together um, look just just kind of looked at, at at what they did. And I would say start with what you do first and just do it. Um, you know, and if you have something to say and you want to be part of that conversation and use your voice, then do. But really just make sure that it starts internally with, with what it is that your company um, does and make sure that then it, it matches the, the message. Because, you know, um, we've seen a lot of kind of bizarre uh, examples of brands jumping into conversations that were like, yes. for example, with Ketsi and Kendall Jenner. Everybody was like, what? Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, like huge opportunity for some threat to others. And I think it's an incredibly interesting landscape. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lucy, for taking the time during your busy, crazy, and super hyperactive uh, days at Web7. <laughs> I really appreciate it. No, thank it. you. And I look forward to uh, sharing more and more future opportunities with you. And uh, as soon as we, I, I hope that the, the statements that you're making and the opportunities that you're, cre- that you're challenging brands with and people with, uh, come to fruition so that people really take a more critical view. And I look forward to seeing what comes out of it. So thank you so much, Lucy. I'm, I'm very humbled that you're uh, helping me to brag. No. <laughs> my, well my byline. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lucy. All the best. Bye. Bye. Be sure to sign up for the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, the next time you're doing business in the digital economy, make sure to empathize it.